Reading can be the best escape from your normal day-to-day routine. You can get lost in a fairy tale, laugh your head off with the rom-com, be scared, fall asleep after reading a horror story, or try your hand at solving a crime. The possibilities are endless. And with the amazing world of Bookstagram, what better way to show my appreciation of some of my favorite authors and Instagrammers than by showcasing them in a podcast. Join me while I play a game of 21 questions with some of the best people I know. I hope you're ready. Welcome to The Heather Effect. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Heather Effect. My guest today is an amazing inspiration. Her book is one that has stayed with me for well over a year. She has the ability to create scenes that will captivate you from the start. Please help me in welcoming Jill Featherstone. Hey, Jill. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really, really happy that you asked me to come on your podcast. Oh, of course. Your book was one of my favorites that I've read with the sirens. So I had to have you come on with me. Oh, that's so sweet to hear. Yes. It's it's one that we still like constantly talk about. And we're like dying for like more. Yes. We talk about it all the time. It's funny. And, you know, I think about it all the time since I since I wrote the book. I, I think about it constantly. I think about the characters. I think about the scenes. And then I think about when am I going to start writing that second book? Oh, that's one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready? Yes. Okay. Did you always want to be an author? I think that I did. Um, I never really understood. I never really thought that it could be. So when I was growing up, I never had anybody that would encourage me to be an author. Um, I grew up in, I grew up in a, in a place where there was a lot of systemic racism towards indigenous people. So, you know, when, when I would display signs of, um, creativity or if, you know, if I, if I was smart even, um, I would be accused of plagiarism mm. or, or I would be um, just those types of things, you know, or people would read my like teachers would read my work. And instead of encouraging me to write, they would be shocked and they would say, well, how did she write this? She couldn't have written this. And it was always met with shock and surprise and then accusations. I almost got kicked out of university four times. That's because insane. Every, yeah, every time I would hand something in, um, they would accuse me of plagiarism. Always. That breaks my heart. <laughs> yeah, so I never really thought that I could be a writer, but I had stories in my mind. Um, and as even when I was, I, I think they started in really in high school. I really started, you know, getting all of these stories, story ideas. And when I was in university, that's when the ideas really started coming. And I didn't actually start writing this book until I was in my 30s because I never I never knew that I could be, but I really wanted to try. I mm-hmm. really really wanted to try and and write. 
And even when I would tell people that I wanted to write, people would laugh at me. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. That's and that's just kind of the way it was. Or that's just even still the way it is, you know, where, where I where I come from. That's really sad. It bothers me when I hear stories like that, because I'm a strong believer in everybody should be treated equally. And your writing is some of the best that I've ever read. So oh, for people you. to doubt you that way and to put that doubt in your mind, it just, it really bothers me. I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. I'm happy you, you proved them wrong. Me too. Right? You can give them the yeah. big old double middle fingers now because <laughs> your book is fantastic. I know there's this one prof that like, oh, he was so condescending when he would talk to me. I feel like just, you know, sending him a book in the mail. That's what I would do and be like, since you doubted me, here's my book. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> right? So right. the other sirens would like to know how things are coming along with Mr. Smee. Ah, <laughs> see, right now it's all, that's, it's all ideas. Um, and that is the title of my next book is mm. They Call Me. Mm-hmm. And it is going to be the story of Captain Hook and Mr. Smee's relationship and how he became who he is and how he became so evil and the things that happened to mm-hmm. him. And right now it's ideas. I was even thinking about them today. You know, I was like in the ideas were coming. And so that's how I know that it's 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 coming. Mm-hmm. It's getting to the point where the ideas are coming so often now that I'm going to have to seclude myself somewhere and just start writing. Mm-hmm. We're excited and we're very patient. So take your time. <laughs> we're here when you're ready. <laughs> cool. Your book, The Tell of Tiger Lily, is still in my mind. Who is your favorite character from that book? Wow. Well, obviously, Tiger Lily, because mm-hmm. she's just, you know, the biggest character but there's another character that um is really near and dear to my heart and that is the character of the wild-haired girl and I really resonated with her Mm -hmm. so she's somebody that I really um that I really adore I really love um I love all of them you know Mm -hmm. it's so I really do like I I have I have deep personal connections with every character because a lot of the characters um, are, you know, they're, I portray them after my, my own family members or people that I know and love. Like um, a lot of Tiger Lily's traits um, come from my daughter and Tiger Lily's father, um, his traits and characteristics and stuff are from my father. So that's awesome. It's, mm-hmm. I, I feel it's a book that everybody should read. I really do. Yeah, I actually, um, I had somebody send me a picture of their grandmother just, just last weekend, their grandmother was just finishing up the last pages of my book that's and she amazing. was telling her granddaughter how much she loved it. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. It was, it was just like, it was so heartwarming, you know, to get a message like that. And she sent a picture and I posted it to my social media. I love that. Do you have a favorite family tradition? Hmm. Do I have a favorite family tradition? You know, not that I can think of. You know, we have big family gatherings all the time. And 
I feel like that would be my most favorite because after you lose your grandparents, your fa- the families start to drift apart. Mm-hmm. And I always think back to a time when my family, where my cousins were like sisters and my aunts were like second parents. And now I, I rarely see them. And it's not just because of COVID. It's just, you know, that's kind of how things happen after you lose the matriarch in your family. Um, so just any time that we could gather together would would just be my favorite. I love that. Um, my last grandparent, my grandma, passed away in 19. And that exact same thing has happened now. Yeah. Even without COVID, like it had already happened. So I fully get you on that one. Yeah. Do you have a book that you love to reread? Yes. Um, I've read She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb about five times. So that's one I I love to reread. Um, I love to reread The Alchemist. Mm Mm-hmm. And every now, I, I reread that one every few years just to, to get the, the new lessons that I missed the first time. And that's one I love to reread. That's but awesome. She's done by Wally Lamb. I really love that book because he writes in a woman's perspective. And it's, it's a male author, but he writes in the mind of a woman. So, I'm and he does that it one up. So well. Yeah. I'm going to add it to my list. What is your favorite time of day? I love first thing in the morning when the house is quiet because I have a lot of kids. I have all together. We have eight between me and my husband and five of them still live at home and three of our kids are adults already. So my favorite time of day is in the morning when I wake up and the house is completely quiet and I have it all to myself and I can pour myself a cup of coffee and I either sit down with a podcast or a book. Isn't that the best time when it's dead quiet in your house? Yeah. I absolutely love it. Even when the dogs are quiet, both my, my kids have gone, my stepson's, but so it was awkward at first to adjust to the complete quiet, but now I crave it. Like I like, I like it to just be like no noise. (laughs) Yeah. And I like it in the morning as opposed to night, because at night you're tired from the day Mm -hmm. and you know, you just want to rest and, but in the morning you're, you're refreshed and ready to take in new, new things. Mm -hmm. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? I would live in Connecticut. Yeah. And because it's close to New York mm-hmm. and it's close to all the major publishing houses. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I always thought about like that. And I wouldn't live right in New York because I have so many kids. I would want to raise them, you know, somewhere outside of the city. Mm-hmm. So I always thought like, oh, if I could live in Connecticut, I would live there. Oh, that's awesome. That's a good choice. I never even thought of that one. I know it's not, you know, like some people would probably say, you know, Hawaii or wherever, but like to me, it's for, for right now, that's where I would like to be because I'm kind of right smack dab in the middle of, um, just this whole beginning stages of my writing journey. And Mm -hmm. I want to see where it takes me. And I think 
that would be the best place for me. Mm-hmm. And I really, really enjoy New Yorkers. I think they're some of the most creative people in the world. Mm-hmm. And I love for my children to grow up with that kind of cultural influence. That'd be awesome. They'd meet mm-hmm. people from all over the world. Yeah. And I'm excited to see where your journey goes as well. I'm in, I'm invested. <laughs> um, what is your favorite hobby? Well, re- writing and reading naturally. Um, it's writing, but I like, I like uh, listening to podcasts. I like listening to motivational videos I used to like sewing. I used to do quilting. I used to make my own quilts and I used to make clothes, bags. I used like uh, really creative stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are some of my hobbies. Like you're like a creative person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I need some creative outlet like that. Mm -hmm. I would love to know more about your first nation. Uh, so I come from the Mississippi Cree Nation, and that is the English name is Grand Rapids First Nation, and it's a small community of about 1,200 in northern Manitoba, Canada. It's um, it's just it's a really small community. Um, there's just there's not a lot of there's not a lot of things happening there right now. There used to be. It used to be booming with people. We used to have a bunch of restaurants and um, infrastructure. There used to be a lot of people coming in and out. And But lately, it's really been um, just kind of dying down. And a lot of houses are being boarded up. And a lot of mm-hmm. um, businesses are closing down. So I'm really hoping that things change in the next little while. It's, um, it's, it's very beautiful. We live right on, uh, um, the mouth of Lake Winnipeg. So it's like one of the biggest, or it is the biggest lake in Manitoba. And so we have fishing, um, like a lot of people are commercial fishermen and that's how they make their living. Um, so a lot of the, you know, the fresh fish that it gets sent all over the world comes from our lake. Um, And there's like, they do hunting and trapping. uh, And some people are practice cultural ceremonies, powwows and stuff like that. Sun dances. My um, mom's stepdad was part uh, Indian. I don't remember what tribe or um, First Nation, but Mm -hmm. him and my grandma would always travel to Oklahoma and on their way back, they would always bring me like moccasins and turquoise. And that was some of my favorite things. And I wish that I would have known sooner so I could ask him questions to learn all about it. But by the time I knew, he had already passed away, so I couldn't ask him. Mm-hmm. But I love like hearing like that history and that culture. Like it, I wish that we were taught more than what we right. learn, you know? Yeah. I um I was actually doing a workshop today, so I was in one of the First Nation communities uh, in Manitoba, um, one of the neighboring communities, and I was doing a workshop with young people, and I was helping them understand residential schools and colonization and and the effects that it had on us, and because 
we didn't learn it either. You know, we didn't learn a lot of our own culture, a lot of our own history, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of the things that happened to us. Mm-hmm. We didn't learn it in schools. Nobody talked about it in the home. It was like something that you you just didn't talk about. But now people are starting to talk about it more and they're starting to relearn um, their history. So I went in and I sat with the young people today and just, um, you know, I, I gave them a lot of teachings and we talked a lot about, you know, the devastation that it's done to, to our people, mm-hmm. you know, lost our way of life. We've lost our language. We've lost our culture. So we did a lot of that today. It was a really, it was a really heavy day. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of tears. Like I worked with um, 18 to 35 year olds. And there was a lot of tears today with our young people because it's, it's something that's still so fresh um, in, in all of our lives right now. Like we're living through the devastation that, that it left behind. And it's kind of like we're, um, a lot of our young people are lost mm-hmm. in the, in the aftermath. And, um, so I'm, tr- what I do in my workshops is, you know, I, I try to help them, you know, build a foundation so that they can have a better future moving forward and that they don't have to take all of this devastation with them mm-hmm. as they, as they move into the future. I really commend the work that you do. And I love it when you post like little snippets of what you're doing. And so I, I really love the work that you do with the kids in your community and the, all your workshops. What do they seem to enjoy the most? Um, you know what I, I feel that they enjoy the most is when they discover that they can believe in themselves and that there is hope and that they can, they, they are allowed to dream big. I think that real that what that's what really excites them in the end is after we go through all of the learning and you know everything that we go through you know the end result is them feeling motivated motivated to go out into the world and take on the world and I think that's what that's what they they love the most is the feeling they get when they when they walk out of that room Mm-hmm. So I'm doing a workshop right now and tomorrow will be my last day with them. And that's what I'm anticipating tomorrow is, you know, today was tears and tomorrow we're going to go on the rise up. And so I'm anticipating that, you know, they leave tomorrow mm-hmm. really excited, motivated, ready to. I really, to I really feel life. bad for them feeling that they have limits. Because the possibilities are endless and for them to be limited like that or to feel like they are, like, it makes me sad. So I'm hoping they'll be boosted enough to where they know that it's possible for them to do anything that they want to. Yeah, and that's what I I really hope so because, you know, the longer they go with those limiting beliefs, um, the deeper rooted they become and the harder it is, you know, to, to get rid of them. So I'm hoping that, you know, a lot of them are still really young and, you know, those, those beliefs haven't taken root yet so Mm -hmm. that they have a better chance of, you know, going out there and chasing those big dreams. And they Mm -hmm. were excited today when we were talking about things about, 
um, just having big dreams. And I always remind them, you know, I'm where you guys used to be. You know, there's no difference from between you and I. You know, I was somebody that dropped out of high school. I was pregnant as a teenager. You know, I um, got into all kinds of trouble. And I still was able to find my way back. And, and so the skills that I used on myself are the things that I teach them. That's amazing. I know with you on their side, they're, they're going to do fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm rooting for them. Me too. What is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? Hmm. The weirdest thing. I don't know if there's weird things, but there's definitely strange things that have happened to me that I can't explain. Those work too. Um, (laughs) So one day I was, I was in a really good place. I felt in my life, I was exercising in my living room. I, I felt really motivated and inspired. I was, I was feeling healthy. I was feeling healthy, mind, body, soul. And I really wanted to know that my clarity of purpose, I always knew that my purpose is to help young people, but I wanted to know, you know, what does that really mean? Like I wanted more clarity. So I decided as I was exercising, why don't I just ask, why don't I just ask God creator, you know, send me my purpose. So I did that while I was exercising as I asked and then just and it was just like words were spoken into my mind and the words said you're an author you're a motivator you're a speaker and you're a leader and it was so audible just like spoken word but it wasn't and my knees gave out I hit the ground and I was just sobbing because it was such a profound spiritual experience that I had never felt before. I had never had an experience like that before. So I jumped up right away. I grabbed my pen and wrote in my journal and wrote those words down. Um, cause I was afraid to forget, mm-hmm. but obviously I'm not going to ever forget that kind of experience. So, and that stuck with me. And, you know, I never thought of myself as a speaker. You know, I, I had some terrible public speaking experiences in the past Mm -hmm. and I never thought I would be a speaker. And, but I decided to just, I, I trust, trust those words and trust that message. And about a week later, after I had that experience, I had, I got a phone call asking if I would come and do a keynote speech at a really big youth gathering, youth and elder gathering. And then I knew that a week ago, I would have made up an excuse and said, Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm busy that that mm-hmm. week. But thanks. Honey. But because I had that message and that experience, I said yes. And I decided I wasn't going to worry about it. I wasn't going to stress, I was just going to trust, trust the message. Mm-hmm. And I went out there and I gave a speech and it was just so powerful and it was so amazing. And just like the, the response that I got from, from the audience, it really solidified, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm so happy you got that message because you're perfect at it. 
<laughs> I love your little messages you'll post or your stories, like even when you were like working out and stuff. And I was like, she's really motivating me to like get up and move. <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer beaches or lakes? I prefer, you know, I grew up in the lake, but I really love beaches. And maybe because I don't get to to go to the beach that often. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of beaches. Uh, like I grew up in swimming in the lake every single day of of my childhood. Oh, that's but awesome! I, really love the beach. I love the water. I'm a water person. What's the closest beach to you? Like a sandy beach mm-hmm. that has that has actual sand. Um, we have to take a boat in order to get to it. There, there is a boat. Oh, we have to take a long boat ride um, across. Like, I don't know. It's it's pretty far, but we've been there. You, but you can only get there by boat. Well, that's like a experience in itself. Yeah, it's different. Like where we <laughs> live, it's it's different. Like we're surrounded by trees and wilderness and 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 do you stuff have, like that. Do you have bears come to your house? Yeah, yeah, they oh. come right into our yard. What kind do you guys have? We have brown bears and black bears. So one time my daughter was outside and she was playing. And then I looked out the window and I could see a bear coming from the bushes. And I went running out there, had to go daughter to get inside. They come, they knock down our garbage cans all the time. Oh, see, I love bears, but I don't know if I'd want to worry every time I go outside. (laughs) We had deers in our yard all the time. Yeah, they just come walking right through. Oh, that's we awesome. Eat, we eat deer. <laughs> I won't blame you for it. It's fine. You're you're okay. I personally, I think I've tried it. It wasn't for me, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we eat deer. We eat moose. We love Mooses moose. scare me. <laughs> From the videos I've seen, I don't know. I'd probably get trampled. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're pretty scary. They're really big. Yeah. Do you have a favorite season? Um, well, I don't like winter. I'm, and we have winter based about eight months for us. It's like seven, eight months out of the year. Oh my God. Yeah. We don't get a lot of summer and it's so, so cold, Mm. like freezing cold. Sometimes it's so cold that if you stand out for like longer than if you're outside for longer than five minutes, you get frostbite. Oh, see, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Me neither. And I really feel like I'm, I'm somebody that if I could, I would be, what do you call a snowbird or snow bunny or. Oh yeah. uh Yeah. Where you, you go somewhere tropical for the winter and then you come back home. That's what I would. See, that would be, that'd be living the life. Is there a favorite place that you love to travel to? Disney World. I've never gone. Oh, I've been, I've taken my kids a few times and it's just the happiest place on earth. Oh, <laughs> do you have a favorite ride? Yes. The Harry Potter ride. <sighs> See, I'm dying it's, to go. I want to go so bad. It's so amazing. Like it's, it's, if you're a Harry Potter fan, it's just heaven. And that, and then that ride, you get on that ride and all of a sudden it's like a virtual ride and you're strapped in. And you're riding a broomstick, you're playing Quidditch, you're getting chased by Dementors, you're getting chased by um, those big 
spiders, oh. and then you can feel them, <laughs> and then you can feel them spit on you. Oh no! And the, and the water gets like splashed in your face and stuff. But it's just so realistic. I hated the spiders. <laughs> so I'd probably have to close my eyes or think of something else on that part because I hate spiders. <laughs> it's, it's definitely somewhere I am going to take my kids again. Oh, that's cool. I know my nephew, he's become obsessed with Star Wars. And so he wants to go there. And I was like, okay, let's make a deal. When you turn 18, I'll take you. Uh, so like for yeah. his senior trip, I'll try and like take him because that gives me, uh, what is it? Seven years maybe before I take him. Yeah. And you know what? And then you get to, um, and then you can go to the Harry Potter world mm-hmm. and you get, um, get on that platform nine and three quarters and you get on a, like a train and they take you there. Oh, I have to go. So cool. <laughs> what would you say inspires your writing? Wow. That's a good question. Um, you know, I don't know if I have specific things that inspire my writing, but every now and then I have these, it's just like these downloads. So say if I'm driving, I'll just have, um, I'll just quiet everything. And then it's just like, I get these downloads of ideas and then sometimes they come so fast. I have to turn my phone on to the notes page and then I just have to talk into my phone Mm -hmm. because other, because I can't stop and write and, and when I, sometimes when I do that, um, I lose my thoughts. So I just talk into my phone. So on my phone right now, like I have pages and pages and pages of notes that I, that I've just talked into my phone and transcribed them. And then I'll email them to myself and then I'll file them away or I'll add them to my book. That's awesome. Or sometimes, um, sometimes I meditate and um, I ask that the stories come to me and the words come and then, you know, and then the stories come. It's like so strange. When I was writing the tale of Tiger Lily, I never had writer's block. Not once did I ever have writer's block. The The reason it took me so long is because I had all these other things, you know, standing in my way, like me not making time to finish, but I never had writer's block because it almost felt like the story was coming from a different place. You know Mm -hmm. how you like feel like you're like almost like I'm channeling a story. That's kind of what it feels like. That's pretty. I love how we have technology now that helps us. Yeah. Right. It makes it easy. That way you have all that. You you get to save all your thoughts. Yeah. Cause then I just have to say them out loud the thoughts that I'm thinking, say them into my phone and my phone types them up for me. Doesn't get it right all the time. And then I have to figure out, okay, what was I trying to say there? (laughs) What words would you use to describe yourself? I'm loyal. I'm kind. I'm happy. I'll try anything twice. (laughs) Not once. Because if I don't like it the first time, I have to give it another chance. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always up for adventure. And I don't like wasting time. Like I don't like wasting my day. Mm -hmm. I really always want to do at least one thing every day that pushes me towards one of the goals that I'm working towards. That's awesome. That's That's a good thing to follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So even if it's just a little thing, even if it's just like 10 minutes of a, of a motivational video or, or something, or like organizing my space or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I enjoy watching your gym trips. So what machines do you like to use? Right now, I'm just basically using the treadmill and the elliptical because I'm trying to push myself into, I don't know, getting enough energy to to really hit the weights because mm-hmm. it's the weights that are going to help me the most. But right now, I just feel so sluggish. So I'm trying to give to build my endurance and my and my strength and and then I really want to get st- get on those weights. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you and have like seven or eight months of winter. You you've been hibernating, so it's going to take a little bit. You have to be nice yeah. to yourself. <laughs> I know, I know. Is there a book that you've read or you feel that represents you or that you feel you're connected to? Hmm. There's so many books that I've read. I Lately, I've been reading a lot of memoirs, and I read a lot of self-help. Mm-hmm. I read tons, but lately I've been reading a lot of memoirs, and I've been reading a lot of memoirs from comedians. Oh, how cool. That's been my thing lately. Um, I kind of feel like I just want to put myself in the space of wanting to laugh and be inspired at the same time. So I've been, I've been, I just finished listening to Kevin Hart's book today. And I listened to, oh, what's her name? She's the last black unicorn. Her book was called. Oh, I, I know what one you're talking about. I, I remember the cover. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember her name, but she's a comedian and I listened to her book and it was so funny. And then I'm going to pick up Amy Schumer's book and I'm going to listen to that one next. You have to let me know how you like it. Yeah. I've been, wa- like, I've been yeah. wanting to read that one too. I think it'd be hilarious. I think so too. And I'm just kind of like, I read what my mood is like, what I want my mood to, to be in right now. I want to laugh and I want things to be lighthearted mm-hmm. and, uh, and I want to be inspired because everybody has such a great story. Mm-hmm. And I, but you know what, one I really connected with was Priscilla and Elvis. Um, Have you seen the new movie? Yes. I loved it. Oh, it was so good. Right? Yeah. Her book is called Elvis and Me. So I read the book years ago and I, she's, um, she's coming out with an audio book next month. So I already like pre-purchased the audio books. I'm going to listen to it again. Oh, that's awesome. Who would you say are your favorite um, audiobook authors or narrators, whichever one you want to use? Um, I like Mel Robbins. Mm-hmm. She's one of my she's one of my favorites. And I like Glennon Doyle, Melton or well, it's just Glennon Doyle or or Glennon Doyle Melton. That's who she was anyway. Those are my favorite right now. I love Liz Gilbert. You oh, pray cool. love. Oh, yeah. I would love to see the tale of Tiger Lily turned into a movie or TV show. How do you see, or who do you see playing some of the characters? Well, um, I see Ashley Collingbull as Tiger Lily as an adult. I see my daughter as the young Tiger Lily. Oh. 
And I see Ashley calling Bull as Tiger Lily when she becomes a woman. And the funny thing is, my daughter looks like Ashley calling Bull, like a younger version of her. Uh And um, there's, for Tiger Lily's father, there's this man, um, an actor, his name is Eric Schweig. Uh, I see him as Tiger Lily's father because he just has this really strong presence about him. And I think he would just be so powerful, like just a powerful person. And um, so for Peter Pan, me and my daughter had this like back and forth. Like in my mind, he's really handsome, like Liam Hemsworth or something. (laughs) But my daughter's like, no, no, no. He's more like Tom Holland. Okay. I can see that. And I, yeah, and now that she says that, I can also see that because realistically, Liam Hemsworth just doesn't fit, you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, in my mind, that's kind of who I saw. But now that she's said that, I see. I see him with like his g- demeanor and like his, I don't know, like probably his movements. He would make a good mm-hmm. Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then like um, there's some other characters too, like um, El- the elder um, would be Graham Greene. He's a Native American actor. Uh, the grandmother, I see Tantu Cardinal. So that's I, I hope that we can manifest this and it'll happen because it would be amazing. Me too. <laughs> you know, and then you know, I always thought that I wanted it to be a movie, and then but now I'm starting to think like. It needs to be like a Netflix series because mm-hmm. there's so many events, there's so many things that happen. Like there's enough for there's enough for a whole series. Oh yeah, there is. And then you can continue it with Mr. Smith. Uh-huh. That's mm-hmm. what I thought about. Yep. I just I just need somebody to pick it up. Um and I need to get out there like um I need to get out there and get it into the hands of more people but I had a really cool experience last month um there was a classroom in Nunavut that was reading my book and then I got to zoom into their classroom that's amazing it is and I was like oh my god all the way in Nunavut and they're reading my book and it was so nice to to zoom in and talk to them that's I even um, I zoomed into a classroom in India and that was super cool I had to get up at seven six or seven in the morning and for them it was like eight o'clock at night oh wow yeah so that's how we had to make it work so they had to come back into school to in the evening to come and meet with me oh that that's so awesome though for them to have that experience with you oh. yeah and then they got to ask me questions and then um the cutest question was this little girl she's like how does it feel to be famous <gasps> Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See what that's cool because they have you like at that level. And that's amazing because that's basically that's who you are. Like if people read this book, I fully feel you're going to get to that level. Yeah. And you'll have and your you know, TV show. Like, I think so. Like I just I I really, really adore the book and you know, when I've had such um, positive feedback, you know, from people will send me messages and they'll be like, oh, my God, I loved it so much. I didn't want it to end. Mm-hmm. And this, um, another lady, she's like, I didn't even know what to do with myself when it was over. I know <laughs> how like, they I feel. Have to reread it. <laughs> I definitely know how they feel. I, if I even think about the one scene we talked about, 
I'll start crying. Um, like, even to this day, like, it's still, like, the emotions that you put into that, like, it's still in there with me. Sometimes I don't even, like, I had, I don't even know how I found the courage to write some of the things that I wrote because it was scary, mm-hmm. you know, writing scenes like that and wondering, okay, what kind of emotions am I going to evoke in, in people? And are they going to be angry at me oh, for, no. for writing that way? It, it made the story, you know, because yeah. I mean, that's something that would have happened, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So what is a piece of advice you've been given or a piece of advice you have that you feel is important? We were talking about this today in my workshop. Um, the, some of the advice that um, that I shared with the young people that has really helped me is when having a conversation with somebody is practice listening and not always having to say what's on your mind or always having to just, you know, listen so that you can talk, but actually just listening to what somebody has to say. And if what you wanted to say, you know, flies out of your mind and you can't remember, then that's okay. It's okay. Um, And I really feel like that's something that's helped me over the years is to just listen to people. You know, it's not always about what I have to say or what I want to say or my opinions or my judgments. And um, people really need to feel heard. That's fantastic advice. There's times where I have to remember that too when doing the podcast because I get excited and then I want to start talking, but I have to rein it in so that way everybody can finish. <laughs> yeah, right. It's yeah, it's tough. It takes practice. That's mm-hmm. for sure. It really, it really, yeah. really does. It does, and I practice that. I, I still have to actively practice that, but it gets easy. It's getting easier for me. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, like when I'm when I really want to say something, but that person is still talking. Um, I've, I've learned to just, you know, let my thought go. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be bad. Jill, would you like to let everybody know where they can find you? Um, well, I'm on Instagram. It's under, um, underscore Jill underscore Featherstone. Um, my website is jillfeatherstone.com and also Facebook, Jill Featherstone on Facebook or else Featherstone Support Services. And that's the name of, um, my business and the motivational workshops that I do. You guys got to go look her up. She's fantastic. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on with me tonight, Jill, and for taking the time out of your day. Thank you for all those amazing questions. I just love that. This kind of person. I, I made this podcast because I feel like people need to get to know you guys. And then the more they get to know you, the more that they'll invest in you and your projects. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm also um, starting a podcast soon. September 12th, I believe, is my launch date. I'm excited. Yeah, it's called Driving While Indigenous. Oh, that's an awesome name. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What's it going to be about? It's um, it's kind of like a play on words. It's because we, as Indigenous people, we suffer so much systemic racism, and everything that we do, there's just always added layers of challenges all the time. But 
I don't, I don't want my podcast to focus on, you know, the challenges. I want my podcast to focus on how people have overcome those challenges so that they can help others. So I, I just want to highlight stories of indigenous people that are doing big things in the world. And, you know, how did you do it? What challenges did you face? And, how, and more importantly, how did you overcome them so that they can help other indigenous people? That's that right. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Thank you again so much for joining me. It was a blast. Thank you. We'll have to talk again. Me. Of course. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate and review where you can. And you can find me on Instagram at the underscore Heather underscore effect. Please feel free to contact me at theheathereffect28 at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Happy reading.